Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome back to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Um, we are, we've got a special episode here. We just want to uh, get some plugs out of the way first. Hobbs, do you want to talk about Grinding Coffee Company? And I can the next yes, one. Yes, of course I want to talk about Grinding Coffee Company. When do I not want to talk about Grinding Coffee Company? I love coffee. So, uh, Grinding Coffee Company is a um, black-owned, LGBT-ran uh coffee company that developed coffee for gamers um really partnering with gamers and to kind of have that mission of social justice and so we were lucky enough to get in working with them very early on and they've just been very supportive of the cast considering most of their support is for streams it's for people you know that do a lot different content than what we do but they've been very willing to support especially knowing that we do kind of charity events they we have the one coming up at the end of the month for reproductive rights so july 30th and 31st uh there'll be a two-day stream for the national abortion federation um this was kind of a follow-up to the uh the roe versus wade kind of being overturned and reached out to grinding coffee company and as per usual immediately just said what do you need and it's just one of the reasons that we really like to work with them so um yeah so that's that's uh that would be the grinding coffee company and we also, Alex, uh, we still have this partnership that we do with the Fireside Alliance. Yeah, I can talk about that. The Fireside Alliance is a, uh, like to describe themselves as a, I suppose ourselves, because we've been part of it for a little while, but a, a progressive community of, of progressive communities um, that's basically a bunch of content creators on the internet um, all had their own little pockets of, of Discord servers or other places where they sort of had their small communities and decided that they wanted to try to build something bigger together and, and have a good place for people to gather on the internet and, and talk and exchange stories and things. That's where the name Fireside Alliance came from. Um, and so we asked to join six months or a year or so after they, they, were, uh, they formed and they were gracious enough to allow us to, to join as members of that. Um, so Fireside Alliance, I believe uh, the link to the website is in our show notes that has all the different partners, just different podcasts and other forms of content creators uh we actually are the only magic uh focused uh content in there there's a lot of other geekdom nerdery folks in there a lot of a lot of great folks is part of that community um and the website also has a link to their discord server if you'd like to come check that out and, and join that community as well yeah so as you said, Alex, you know we're we're back with a kind of a, a, a odd. We're we're back with the second half of a episode that was part of Pride Month in June. Uh, yeah. We actually we were ready to release that episode prior to the end of June until life happened multiple times. It yes, just kept happening as, as life tends to. It just kind of keeps happening, and yeah, you just you you deal with it. You, we deal with it as. Yeah, and we've been very, you know, we're transparent about that. And, you know, it's very much in line with our mission, uh, self-care and kind of just recognizing limits. But it meant that we had to delay kind of this. So this is the second part of our Kiki Jiki episode. So if people uh, want to go back and check it out. Episode 149, right before our fourth anniversary, we recorded with Mab. And Mab came on and talked about Kiki Jiki within kind of the, the trans femme community kind of how there had been a rise of that meme in the, when we, in the cdh cedh community as well as yes well. Yeah. in particular yes but and we had talked at that point that we were going to get more into kiki's story 
and we, we, we kind of set this episode up to be the second half of the reflection. Uh, we, 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 you know, Kiki Jiki is a mirror breaker with reflections. We saw Kiki come back with, uh, you know, a saga about them being so good at reflecting. Uh, and we, we had had plans to come have, have Skylar come on. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to introductions in a second, but Skylar come on and talk about more of the lore aspect, do a little bit deeper dive into Kiki's actual lore. So, we should go around and do introductions, and I did bring a question. Uh, it is a, it's an older one, but this conversation resurfaced a little bit on Twitter recently, and I always think it's a fun one to return back to. Uh, so uh, I am HobbsQ. I can be found on Twitter at HobbsQ. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. The uh, topic for today is if you were a planeswalker, how did you spark? And we, we've talked a lot on the show that, you know, this is a topic that's very interesting to me because Wizards has given us enough indication that there are many ways to spark um, and w- not enough ways for goblins, apparently, because we're still doing very poorly <laughs> in that category. Or we get our like we spark and then immediately give it up or something and then get killed off screen like poor slow bad. But I always am interested in this in, in sparking from like a non-tragic um because I, th- I think that we've we've had situations of pure joy, we've had you know uh, just people in reflection. There, there's been more of this, but thinking about if you were a planeswalker, how did you spark? And I always joke that mine would be something like really mundane. And with with having kids now, it would be like stepping on a Lego, and just like just somehow stepping on a Lego just causes me to spark. So that's I'm still gonna go with that one. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll pass it to you, Alex. Yeah, I'll get my intro out of the way here, and and um, so we can. Get the, the wonderful guests going. Um, but so I'm Alex Newman, found on Twitter at Mel underscore Chronicler. My pronouns are, are he, him. Um, and my previous answer to this, which is one I would love to bring back, but I actually referenced the thing I referenced in an episode that's been recorded and not posted yet because podcasting is time travel. It's, it's a strange thing. Don't worry about it. Um, so I had to come up with a new answer to this question that was thought up a while ago and I forgot about it until about 30 seconds before the cast started recording. And so I kind of have two answers one is the one that I, I wish or kind of hope would happen, and the other is what is probably more likely to happen. And that one is a little bit sad, so we'll go with that one first. So, like, I talk a lot on the show about my my social anxiety and my anxiety disorder, and kind of working on that. But, like, I th- unfortunately I think that that would probably be the most realistic thing to happen is there would just be something that would happen. It would cause me, you know, a spike of an anxiety, and that would cause my body to think I'm in danger because somebody asked me a question I wasn't prepared for. Like if we're talking maybe a decade ago, or some other, you know, thing happens in work where I have to go speak in front of a bunch of big wigs or something, and then I there's there's just that little bit of panic in my brain. It starts shooting adrenaline for no reason at all because anxiety is weird, and it ignites my spark, and I end up who knows somewhere, maybe in a world built of boardrooms, and then panic a little more. The the one that I, I think would be much better and maybe fits a little bit with me too as well would just be like sparking because I got to interact, like a really good interaction with somebody's dog. Because like I grew up with dogs. I love dogs. I have lived in apartments for most of my adult life now and just have not had the opportunity to have dogs. And um, I, I do remember one specific moment that was uh, was so significant and impactful I had to uh, message Hobbs about that. Remember the time I, I told you I was, I was at a bus stop, Hobbs? Yeah. There, yeah. there was a, a car drove by the bus stop and there was a dog just sitting calmly in the back seat and me and the dog made eye contact. Like we had a connection. 
I, maybe it would have been then. Actually. It was. It may, maybe it was then. Me. You just yeah. don't realize it. Yeah. Well, so, Skylar, what an answer. <laughs> We've not been talking for a while. <laughs> I, I would like to actually hear from you. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, my name is Skylar. My pronouns are she, her, and they, them interchangeably. Um, and I've kind of thought about it a little bit since, like, you know, the past few weeks. And, like, yeah, I have two answers, too. Like, one would be, like, you know, the one that I would want is I've joked about, you know, I have made myself a meal that's so good I gave myself a little bit of a god complex. So, you know, maybe the <laughs> elation of that. That's a good yeah. answer. That yeah, is a really like, good answer. Yeah, I've been cooking since, like, I was five. I cook multiple times, like, a week. Like, uh, like tomorrow I'm supposed to make my best friend and roommate uh, some steak Dion, which is, like, a weird French recipe with like a nice beef broth sauce with cognac, but instead of cognac, I'm gonna use I think I'm really close to... sauce. Ooh, oh yeah, I'm really close to sparking right now. Actually, just yeah, hearing yeah, about, yeah. especially the the adding of the whiskey. Yeah, but like realistically, probably if you know something was traumatic, it'd probably be like you know me getting like overwhelmed, being a autistic person, and just like having that sense of overwhelm and overstimulation or overstimulation. You know, similar to Narset, where it's like, oh, I got to get out of here. Uh, <laughs> In all timelines or just just the one timeline? All of them. All of them. Just all of them just got to nope out and just, just go to where there's nothing. Uh, just a nice, quiet space. Uh, yeah. I like that. See, now you you both make me feel guilty about the fact that like I just gave like this answer about stepping on Legos. <laughs> that's that's a good answer too. <laughs> that's no, not that garbage. Lego, I mean D4s, those are just built-in caltrops. Any of those could uh-huh. spark somebody. <laughs> yeah. Well, Skylar, welcome to the show. You know, um you you actually started to post a thread about this very topic. Um so we you you kind of went a little bit deeper than we did on our last show. We kind of introduced Kiki's storyline. So we just kind of talked a little bit about what was on the game of Pedia. Um, and you actually had written a thread uh, about basically both autism and kind of, um, well, I, I think the trans femme piece of, of Kiki and kind of finding some elements that you think were, were really resonated with you from story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was hoping. You, yeah, so do you want to kind of take us through what what it is? Kind of uh, uh, let's let's go through the Kiki story. Let's like let's go a little bit deeper. So if people want, um, we're gonna be making reference to the Dragon's Errand, which is a story that originally posted back in two thousand and four. Um, they did rerun it as part of Magic Story in two thousand fifteen, and I I will post a link to this. But it, as we actually have more story on Kiki than we do a lot of legendary goblins, which is kind of cool. Yeah, there's a lot of Kiki lore. Uh, a significant amount. <laughs> yeah, so um, starting off, like, uh, with Kiki, we see him outcasted from his tribe, from his antics, and we go into those antics a little bit. Uh, one being using his sister as a rock for Skip the Rock Across the Lava. Uh teaching his siblings to chase the ogre uh, and things of that nature, which they seem whenever before this, we get more background on Kiki, they seem malicious, but then we hear, you know, his family all throws rocks at him and laugh. His father hits him. His mother hits him. His older siblings hit him. The entire tribe will like be rude to him, call him names, kick him out of things. Really? I don't think this is like Kiki being malicious. I think this is him 
kind of in mirror play where he's like, all right, they're being mean to me. Like, this is just kind of yeah. what happens. Right. I, I kind of was thinking, like, you know, uh, honestly, as you were saying, like, from thinking from the Goblin perspective, and especially the Aki, like, I didn't wouldn't have thought really that was bad enough to get yourself kicked out, right? Like, that seems kind of like what could be even typical Goblin behavior. But, it, it you know, Kiki was kicked out. So it, it makes it, you know seem like this was seen as something different, even within his own community. Yeah, it's like really weird. So it seems like there has to be something particular with Kiki that is not seen amongst the Aki. Like, and that's, I think, something a lot of autistic people or uh, typically queer people of like a gender relation will get, where there's like this pane of glass, like the rules aren't the same for them. They're like not wanted, outcasted. All of these things are, it's like, they're not playing by the same rules, so that, like, sense of justice is just off, and you don't understand it, and you're just trying to do all the same things everyone else is, but it's just not clicking. Yeah, it's like going through the motions. It, it, is, I think the mirroring example is a, a perfect one, especially as we're talking about the mirror breaker, and we're going to be talking about reflections, is it looks correct on the outside, but it seems that people are able to guess that it's not. Right, that it doesn't quite fit in, even though in Kiki's situation may have no clue why that is, not understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as an autistic person, like I definitely understand that because, like, I had a bunch of cousins and siblings and like just this big Southern Appalachian family, and like there's a lot of you know things here and there. It's like, well, this doesn't seem fair. Like they, like a cousin would do something, and I would do the same thing, and I would get in trouble, whereas they got nothing. Or I would receive a stricter punishment, whereas, say, they were just, like, made to stand in a corner. And it could be, like, I repeated, or I mirrored, and whatever, or it could be personal bias. But mostly, it probably was just I was autistic and already hard to deal with, so the family was just like, ah, well, here's a harsher punishment. So, as you said, Kiki gets kicked out, kind of, from his community kind of finds basically that mm-hmm. ends up finding a, an underground river. Um, yep. I mean like basically going off on himself. It's, it's kind of funny, Alex, it was making me think of just that idea again of we've had this a few times now, right? I think we, we, we talked about this a little bit when Mab was on, but slow bad was kind of a similar thing that was outcast from his own group, his own, his own like group of goblins. Yeah. I think that's, it's a, it's a, thing we see with a number of of the goblin legends that we have some lore about that they're kind of the outcast from the tribe as opposed to part of the community that's not universal but like you know we have wharton things on lorwyn who are actually part of the community at cornerstone of it but we're seeing in a number of places that that's it's the outcasts who are kind of the ones who get the story yeah uh I would say particularly for goblins as well as like very tribal pact oriented uh, beings that the removal from a tribe or group is very specifically traumatic because as we see them in all works of media, they work well as a tribe, they work well as groups and removing them from that where like that's the cornerstone of their identity in a lot of works like that's probably very specifically traumatic for them. 
And that that's a thing that that Hobbs and I have kind of we we talk about here and there a couple times in the in the in the podcast in the past, where as we've kind of gotten deeper on goblins and that's become kind of more of our identity from just the podcast. It's um, we're starting to see we've the both of us have started to kind of see that like how much community is a part of goblins' identities and on on all of these different planes. It's just it's a, it's a fairly universal thing in magic. I guess I don't know. A hundred percent of it is, but it's it's from what I can recall, it's pretty universal. All these different types of goblins and different types of places, community is such a cornerstone, and so being cut off from that, like like you say, being cut off and ostracized from that is is a huge thing. <laughs> That's a really big bad thing to happen to this character, and it it makes me wonder how much of that is simply because it's a convenient story tie, you know arc maybe it's a story hook or maybe it's because for so long and it was just coming around a little bit but for for so many places goblins were mono red goblins were chaotic goblins were sort of an quote-unquote evil group and so in order to like tell stories about this character they felt like they needed to pull them away from the group so that they could treat them as an individual who isn't like these others and that kind of isn't great (laughs) Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, like to, to try to think of how you elevate a goblin in, in the mind, I think, of what we've seen in the past, at least maybe from wizards, hopefully not as much now, but was 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 forcing out the, the goblin who is either too smart or, or is mm-hmm. too, too different um, yeah. in a way. I mean, and it fits a little bit with the hero's journey thing, which is kind of, it's a whole thing. Talk to Reinhardt about that's, it. Yeah, that's that's a bit. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. But that that sort of fits the the in order to sort of have their own story, this character has to leave the community, so then they can go do their own thing and take on the way to the world and all this. And so, I think that may be where some of that comes from. But so, in, in event we have you know Kiki uh, leaving, being being kicked out of the tribe, uh, being kicked out of the tribes, and then having to. Um, go find his own way in out in Kamigawa. Specifically for food. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's one of Goblin's three favorite things. It is. He's like, ah, oh, yes, worm? Oh, fish. Uh, and that, then all of a sudden, uh, he's the fish talking to a dragon. Yeah, I, I really like that. Like, the voice <laughs> called me a fish? Wait a second. I'm not a fish. I'm eating the fish. <laughs> right. Well, it was like a very literal thing, right? Like, I can't be the fish. <laughs> yeah. Um, You know, I I, I, I pulled a, a quote out that's a little bit further along in the story, and we, we can kind of talk about Kiki's story. But basically, you know, Kiki, from what we know, um, yes, one of the um, the dragons, uh, and my mind just went blank, is it Kaiga? basically yes. Yes. pulls pulls kiki wants kiki to to go run an errand um to steal back like this this pearl that the uh, uh that maloku and the um wow my brain's going to just completely fry tonight uh what is that the soratami soratami yes the soratami the moonfolk yes they're nice people no yeah let's go uh, uh. <laughs> But yeah, uh, Kiki is sent to retrieve a pearl, which is actually an egg. Uh, yeah, it, it's Kaiga. It's definitely Kaiga. It's definitely Kaiga. It's the blue. I had to. I like had mm-hmm. to go through which one. So, um, yeah. So, you know, uh, Kiki gets there and, and kind of like here, like is in among the moon folk. 
um, and is surrounded by mirrors. But these are not actually kind of mirrors that 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 they aren't the mirrors that that Kiki even would have thought about himself. Um, he said that there were there were you know he had heard about people in Kamigawa that had devised a way to freeze the surface of the water, put it on a wall, and then call that a mirror. But this was the first time he'd ever seen the real thing. Um, it was really kind of this really he, he like runs up because he doesn't really understand why there's there's 50 basically of him uh, around this room and imitating basically kind of the every move that he makes. Um, mm-hmm. So he, he kind of runs along um, supposed to be finding this and then kind of like I, I I'm sorry, my brain is totally slipping through the story right now. Oh no, you're all good. Uh, so yeah, like he's going through. First, he's like running down the hall. And he's trying to hide from Maloku and another of the. Uh, gosh, even I forget their name. Uh, the, the other Moonfolk, and he recognizes that Maloku is one of power because of the way his robes are. And he sees this mirror, and he goes after he's picked up the pearl, and specifically he goes to break one, and he's interacting with it, and. Before that, he does see all the other mirrors and how they're mirroring him, and he's like, slowly realizes that it's him, and after he breaks it, his reflection just breaks out with him as well, and they just start talking and uh, mirroring each other, even though they're, like, not in the, um, oh gosh, the mirror anymore, and they're just, you know, hanging out, uh, and it's so great uh, just to see Kiki uh, just talking with another Aki and experiencing another Aki that isn't trying to actively harm him and he's very happy but then he has to convince himself to do something else uh like because they're trying to split up and be safe and kiki's like oh well why don't you you go that way and i'll go this way you know you go pick us some more fruit so we'll have plenty to eat when we're done here and kiki notices that he's very easily convinced and that plays well into the like uh, trait of autistic people just believing people at face value where it's like why would someone lie they told me this I'm going to believe it because you know it's what someone said because whenever I say something I mean exactly what I'm saying so and Kiki's like wow I should probably work on that and uh, he ends up finding out that the magic that happened that created uh, the mirror reflection of him come to life is his own magic when Kaiga tells him and he doesn't believe it, and he'll have to figure it out and everything. But he's more preoccupied with uh, getting back down to the ground and just riding out Kaiga transporting him. Yeah, like like realizing that he's tired of being uh, f- basically flying. Um, Kiki does not really enjoy this. Um, <laughs> um, there was a, there was two quotes that really stood out kind of to me as I was going through this. Uh, when he first comes upon like the pearl, he wonders if it's a trap. What if this was a trap? What if the Soratami had cast some horrible spell of transformation on this pearl, and when he grabbed it, he'd be, be turned into something, something worse than an Aki? What if this whole quest is a trick put on by my family to teach me a lesson? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, yep. yeah, that one, like, really jumped out at me as, as we were kind of reading through this, especially thinking about that, like, even being separate from the, the tribe at this point, that is still where... Kiki's mind is it, it is this idea that family is going to teach him a lesson for being different. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, really interesting to think about it specifically with the lens uh, that we are now because like all of it, 
Like, you know, it's not uh, directly said, but, you know, if it walks like a goose and it talks like, or if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably just a goose with autism. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good analogy right there. That's, that's one of those uh, abstract ones, right? Yeah. And, like, it, it, cause, you know, that's all he's known. That's all he's known is retribution for his actions. With mm-hmm. no explanation. All he knows is, I do this, I get a rock in my head. I do this, I get punched. I do this, I get kicked out. So he's just like, you know, what if, you know, somehow my family has done something to get a dragon to take me to a city in the sky to retrieve a pearl as a way of teaching me a lesson for some unknown slight? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and not being able to figure out what that is, right? Like the theory of mind piece, like not being able to understand what that what that could even be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very uh sad. And like it's you know, like it's not so sad to Kiki because, you know, he's like, ah, you know, it's whatever. My family doesn't like me, it's fine, blah 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 blah. And he just goes on about his day. But like everything else is like, wow, poor Kiki. Uh he's just always worried about his family and all of this. But realistically he just wants something to eat he wants something to eat and not to be in the sky he has very simple pleasures but uh he can't get around those pleasures and those ideas because of what he's experienced in life it it was interesting too because uh you know um when he gets back and he's trying to kind of understand what happened to the the reflection right like he knows Mm -hmm. that it ran off it was like separate uh and, and kind of mentions it to Ryu, and Ryu's like, "Yeah, he's the your reflection's now the prisoner." And Kiki's like upset. He's like, "I kind of feel bad about leaving him behind. I mean, family is one thing, but he's me. Yeah. So like, there's even a sense of like leaving himself when he did this." Yeah, definitely. Because Kiki's like, "Oh no, that's that's me. <laughs> that's me. Like I've got to go and fix this. I've got to do something about it." And before Kiki can, obviously, the reflection's magic dissipates. But even in that moment, it's a very powerful, like, desire for him, even though, like, he's, like, tired. He's, like, losing consciousness. This is his second time in flight. He was starving. He fell down a giant hole that he dug trying to find food. A dragon came and picked him up. Like, so many things have happened to Kiki. And even as he's barely holding on to his consciousness after this ordeal, he's like, I should go rescue myself yeah yeah i i i also really like this this he has the thought of dozens of himself running amok in the caves made his body quiver with delight he could Mm -hmm. almost see his father mouth wide open in horrified (laughs) astonishment buried under a swarm of kiki jikis and kind of (laughs) shouts out i should have grabbed more of those mirrors this is kind of where, you know, uh, Ryu is like, you don't need the mirrors. Like, you actually have this magical ability. Um, which, that idea that it would be like, going back in the village, the Warrens would then be overrun with more like him. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's so great to think about where Kiki's like, I should go and make sure I'm well taken care of, that I will have more of myself, because if there's more of me, there's less I have to worry about. And, like, that's probably, like, the cutest part of the entire story. He's like, I should get more of me. I should have gotten more of those heavy mirrors so there could be more of me. And then I wouldn't be so lonely. Uh. (laughs) Right, right. I mean, it makes sense. 
find find found family in some ways, like a found goblin Warrens versus the one you were born into. I mean, oh, most definitely. So looking at this, you know, you you kind of the, the side of it that we and we, I do want to kind of talk about too. We what we talked about kind of within the the trans femme community, and that you know, map went through kind of a lot of where that had kind of grown out of. But I know that that has been something that is another element of Kiki that you kind of had identified with, especially in that thread talking about, right. You know, like being like it, it's, it could be coded that there are some of these elements there for that, but you really brought out kind of this, the autism piece mm-hmm. uh, kind of in your notes and kind of just what you were starting to say in that thread. And I just want to know kind of like, wh- is, is this something that's been more recent for you to be drawn to Kiki or uh, so the first time that I had ever discovered or seen the card Kiki Jiki Mirror Breaker, I was playing at my LGS CM games, and my now friend Howie was playing a Zakama deck that didn't need Zakama. It was just a nice EDH deck where Zakama was an outlet and a grind. But the deck won through Kiki Jiki Bellringer, and that was the first time I'd ever saw Kiki Jiki. And fast forward a few years, you know, I'm getting into CDH myself. And my friend has a Xenagos deck that also wins through Kiki Conscripts. And I start playing Snoopdar. And uh, it also wins through Kiki Jiki Lines. And just, I really just like Kiki because it's like this feedback loop. There's all these things where, like, Kiki will combo with a piece of paper if it has enough words <laughs> on it. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, that's one of the things that's great about Kiki. There, there are so many ways to do this. It, the redundancy, and especially when you're talking maybe that pull towards something like CDH, redundancy can oftentimes be an important piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like having multiple of these things. Like, if you have Kiki, you can make another Dockside Extortionist, which is another really cool goblin that makes a lot of resources. And that's why wouldn't Kiki want to make a Dockside or a Coercive Recruiter, which gets you more friends. And the more Coercive Recruiters you have, the more friends you have. And it's just Kiki creates these nice feedback loops. And I personally find feedback loops very comforting because it's the same thing at Infinitum, even into an Ad Nauseum, where it's just there. It just happens until you decide that it stops. And that's very comforting for me sometimes because arguably that's just stimming with a magic mechanic. Is it's doing the same <laughs> thing over and over and over <laughs> until you're soothed, yeah, yeah, i.e. win the game. It's so funny because like even just thinking of the... Uh, so I, 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 I kind of talk about this for myself with more... Um, I have a lot of psychomotor agitation um, with my anxiety. Uh, mm-hmm. it's just, but even then, uh, my entire life, I've been a very bouncy person. I mean, to the, the point where my family calls that, like, if they see somebody shaking their leg, they call it Thomasine, uh, because that's, <laughs> that's what I have done my entire life. And, and I've noticed webcam magic has really made me realize, like, I am literally touching cards and moving them around because it's, it's a, I have to be doing something. Um, tapping and untapping kiki is actually an action <laughs> right yes like yeah it is <laughs> like, like usually you don't actually have to do it but you can <laughs> like, yeah like if you have high ranks tower scout or bell ringer you'll just like you know take two fingers and turn your wrist yeah. like kiki 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 yeah and, like kiki jiki's name is like even kind of like that kind of feedback loop like all the, a lot of the act you have it where you know like Zozu or uh, his like village elder, I can't remember the name, but it's a double like first name, first name that's like exactly the same. But it's like 
they repeat themselves a lot because that's kind of what goblins do. But like Kiki Jiki's name is like um almost a mirror of itself. Like if it was Kiki Kiki, it would you know be the mirror. But like mirrors have a somewhat amount of degradation to them. Like if you're in a like mirror hall where they infinitely reflect, eventually the image loses quality because you know you made a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. But even then, like you, Kiki's great. Oh, I just it just makes it. it I, Thankfully, in Magic, we don't run into that duplicator pro- uh, problem like we do with, you know, Calvin and Hobbes, where the, <laughs> it burns out after the sixth copy. Um, yeah. One other thing that I think is really cool that we learned from Mab uh, with the naming component is that Kiki is a social gathering that that grew out of the Black LGBTQ American social mm-hmm. culture. That like mm-hmm. that was mind-blowing to me just when we think about right like we we don't know we we kind of talked about trying to and i've still been trying to track down like who worked on this set but that's actually just even even if it's not intentional is a synchronicity that is amazing Mm -hmm. yeah i'm definitely compelled to agree there yeah uh, there's so many things about kiki where like and even just in magic in general where like there's just so many little things that are coded that you know are like little flavors from like the creators or set designers or artists or just the lore writers and it's so interesting magic is so enjoyable and has all these like idiosyncrasies that just uh, the more you know the more you see mm-hmm. you know so we asked mab this you know I, you kind of have started to answer a little bit about like why why kiki for you was there a moment of kind of for for how did you come across you know i i think that mab took us through a little bit of the, the 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 joke history of kind of like you know even with 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 nathan just kind of being like all all the trans women play kiki basically and then like uh-huh. starting to edit kikis and send them out and you know kind of it grew like how did you become aware of that because part of what mab described was literally what you were talking about was like even just the play lines of it seem to speak to a lot of of women. Like, so... Hmm. I think mostly, uh, specifically with that, is... Um, so, there is uh, a lot of... A disproportionate amount of autistic people tend to be some shade of queer uh, as compared to neurotypical counterparts. And we see this because typically, you know, autistic people aren't aware of, uh, are not so much aware of, or just don't put so much as stock into a lot of social mores. So, you know, like they'll live their life, they'll be non-binary or some other flavor of genderqueer, they'll be pansexual, bisexual, and it's not like to a massive uh, disproportionate amount, but still a disproportionate amount of autistic people compared are queer as compared to the neurotypical community so i think the feedback loops of that and then also a lot of autistic people uh enjoying goblins because we relate to these things that like are these simple creatures that are driven upon impulse their desires the need for food the need for shelter the need for comfort uh the need for family uh and just shiny things or things that we enjoy uh, as we're seeking dopamine because our dopamine receptor is a little bit fried or not making enough. And then as you're queer, you still relate to like the whole goblin thing as, you know, there's a joke amongst trans women of just being a goblin girl, you know, being a little bit messy, being impulsive, mm-hmm. all of these things. So I think Kiki is, why not, may not be coded or exactly this. It just happened. 
he just happens to be at the eye of a storm of neurodivergence and queerdom that just happened to compel a lot of magic players throughout the years, and he still does by his play patterns and just who he is and within magic and the lore. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good a good resonance there, just familiarity, mm-hmm. even if it's whether it was intentional or not. That exactly. I mean, it's, you know, I not trying to get too far out there. It is making me think of that idea of, of you know, within this specific version of goblins and, and specifically with Kiki um, is seeking out the same, right? Like it just is like finding your, it's finding your own goblin clan instead mm-hmm. of being born into it, which is something that, you know, I, I, just within the magic community in general, I've seen a lot more discussion of found family. And mm-hmm. I think that really within kind of the queer community, that has always been an important element. Oh, it most certainly has. Oh, if you read any queer theory, uh, there's so many things of found family. And like, even to the point where one of the most common things of uh, likeness within a queer is known as a tribe. That line about wanting to just make a lot more kikis, it makes this stand out even more to me. Just it is because mm-hmm. it's, it's similar goblins. Like they're they are goblins with similar backgrounds and histories. Yes. Yeah. I mean, in, and in the resonance, like that is one of the great things about fiction too. Is I mean, it's obviously it's great to have you know overt representation. It's very important as well. But just any stories where you can see yourself, any stories where you can feel some connection or games or anything, it that's why art is so important. That's why art is so good. And it just is important to cultural development and individuals' development within cultures and their own lives and things. That's why people have been making art for so long. Like we still mm-hmm. find, you know, cave drawings and, and carvings and, and things going back longer than we have history that, you know, records that we understand that what people were doing or exactly how they were living. Then art is, is what gives us early art is what gives us some of our best glimpses of how those people lived. Cause that's what's what we have left. They were making art at that time of their experiences and what they were doing in their lives. Yeah, art is definitely one of those things, like as you're saying, where if it's explicitly there or it's subtly there, what matters ultimately is it's there and people find it and they resonate with it. You know, the idea is like once it even leaves the creator's hand, right? Like this, this we don't know what was intended. I mean, we, we, we could try to find out. We, we could. Like we've talked about that, right? Like, is there any elements of this that the original creator of Kiki and the storyline was thinking of, it doesn't matter at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's intent and things can be interesting. It can be helpful or can be, but they're definitely not the entire picture. And like you say, once it leaves, it leaves and it's in the, it's in the community's hands and what the community finds that's real too. Like that's to be honest, that's more real than, than intent. There can be stuff there, but what the community gets out of it, that's the, that's the realest part of, of, the art that's the realist realization of it i'm using the same word over and over again and i'm starting to feel like it's losing meaning but <laughs> I, hope, I hope my my intention is coming through to be ironic or something on accident yeah you, you talk your way through that one alex you did a, well, okay, you did a good. good job i'm very proud of you. sometimes i don't know how to get through something so i throw words at it and hope yeah. that it makes sense sometimes it's all you got to do is just throw enough words at something and hope you have something salvageable Right, right. 
or hope the other person just thinks that you do, and then you can just play it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as people think you know what you're talking about, that's really how it matters. Uh. Yep, absolutely. So, so the, you know, the biggest things kind of for me, kind of, I was looking at the actionable advice. We didn't really come up with anything specific, you know, on the show. We sometimes like to think about it, you know, with this topic. The the thing I keep coming back to is is the mirror, um, especially for this autism piece of it. And you know, I work with I work with people. Uh, I you know, the people I tend to work with are people with schizophrenia, and this is another element that does pop up, um, kind of when it comes to social skills and trying to learn how to mimic them more so than actually kind of experiencing them. Is you know, like, I think it's an overlap that I've seen, and I've had this like discussion with kind of the with the autism and schizophrenia kind of realm there's some there's some there's some similar pieces of neurodivergence and it gets talked about actually with should um schizophrenia be considered a neurocognitive disorder so the mirror and the con- the, the continual returning to that imagery in this story is still just something that is so like i said it's resonant even if it wasn't meant to be for me mm-hmm. as i was reading through it yeah yeah, definitely, because, you know, like, a mirror has always been used as some sort of symbolism, even with, you know, it, like, directly reflecting something, or as we see mirrors through folklore and writing, where mirrors used to be, uh, like, processed silver onto glass to reflect, or mercury, which was quickly not used. Or as we see, like, with Maloku and the Sertami, where they're freezing water or so, you know, Kiki thinks, and doing all of these things that are just very, very unique to the symbolism and all of the worlds with, like, what is a mirror? How does a mirror work? What does a mirror symbolize? Well, the mirror symbolizes you. It symbolizes what a mirror would symbolize, whatever is in front of it. So Kiki seeing himself interacting with himself is mirroring and we see that with autistic children where they'll mirror their playmates their uh siblings cousins where they're just doing the things that kids do but they do it better when they have someone there to copy because it just helps them um it's interesting when you're talking about that because at one point kiki finally comes across that that like that kind of that final mirror where it is a solitary one and even kind of says now this was a proper mirror like that is kind of the imagery that's 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 used in the book versus when he saw himself splintered you know and that's the imagery that we get on the return to kamigawa with the saga is really that splintered view um, mm-hmm. where, where it's all of the reflections, which is kind of when, when Kiki first sees himself in like fifty different ways. Um, the, the 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 final one is a is a single solitary, and it's like goes into the fact of trying to say, you know, like in this frame, Kiki's reflection looks pretty damn good. You know, it it, it except there is that one thing. Like, well, like the, the interesting part with the magical is that there the the pearl's not there in in his yeah. hands, but. You know, it was this idea that like this was a mirror now versus this like fractured identity that Kiki got in the Hall of Mirrors. Yeah, yeah. So with like specifically the fable of the Mirror Breaker, we follow the story as like what is the difference between uh, Neon Dynasty and the original block, like one to two thousand years. Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah. Yeah. So we see the like degradation of Kiki's story with that because 
it's been told over and over and mirrored and told and lost and reflected and seen again. And we see Kiki within the art of where it is fractured, where he, he's seen himself reflected after he has cracked the mirror. So he's assaulted his own image, either because it was mocking him or he didn't like it or because he was given duress by the reflection. It doesn't matter the causes of what became the breaking of the mirror, but it matters that the mirror was broken by the mirror breaker. This is to say, you mean the idea of this episode even was to take this. I mean, that was my initial thought when you know I talked to both you and Mab kind of separately about doing a Kiki episode and. Right, like to me, the entire time I just kept thinking about this fact that we we're talking about reflections and having different perspectives on even the same story, and even people from similar communities or from some of the same communities. Um, to get that is, you know, I, I want to thank you so much because this was like such an important oh, for yeah. me. Um, Absolutely, like series or to, a part two part to do. We had never done like well, we've returned to to characters, but that's to look at them completely different, not from like different same same different people's lenses they've been alex and i's lenses with different purposes to them versus kiki which seemed to be just like a much bigger i don't know this this is more story as you were kind of even saying this is more lore than we get for like squee like let's be honest here like yeah like what's squee doing who knows he's probably on a boat in the air oh it can't die that's squee and yeah. like he Kiki has like five to six paragraphs of good paragraphs. Yeah. Not only describing who he is, but describing his family, Aki's social structures, uh, his interaction with a dragon, his deep personal feelings of how the dragon interacts with him, his fear of being inside of Maloku's uh, like castle. Prison. And, yeah. Yeah, just all these things. It's like, why is there so much specifically for Kiki? Well, I mean, it's and it's nice. It's nice to see at least some some goblin. That's a it's a thing we we tried to start early on was for with this cast was to do goblin profiles. And um, we admittedly missed a little while. We kind of fell off it and forgot to it took a while for us to get back to him. But as we've been trying to get back to these goblin profiles, it's been tough because so many goblins have very little story. Well, and we have to overcome my continual beliefs that the two that I want to do, well, we've done, but would be to return to talk about Cranko, who got done dirty, and yeah. Squee, <laughs> who continually has been done dirty, enough so that they had to reprint the art of his lifeless body in Double Masters, in Phyrexian Tyranny, being killed over and over again. That's what Squee was. Sorry. I'm, I, I, it just... It just pop back up into my mind that this was reprinted but but to put that aside for now i'm just saying it was <laughs> thank you so much for coming to talk about geeky this is this was great that we got to do this and a very different way too it's it's i've really appro uh, appreciated finding different ways to approach similar topics like this and i love this this mirror episode sort of thing with kiki um and so it's it's the, now that whenever we're able to find a good way to do a goblin profile it makes me happy but this one even more so than others re recently because this was a really great way to approach to for us to for Cobbs and I to to learn about a community that we haven't really been a part of and and, and so we get to 
to hear your experiences, two different people's experiences within this community speaking about uh, this topic. But then also we get a nice goblin profile out of it. We get to represent more more legendary goblins as well. Exactly. Oh, I cannot. I just love Kiki. Like uh, he's so great. Like the story is just there. The the mechanic is there. The play patterns are there. There's the art. There's so the art yeah. is. Oh my gosh! The two different arts for Kiki, just as the mirror breaker. And yeah. Then the showcase art and the normal art for this the fable saga. Of the mirror breaker. Yeah. The yeah. saga. Oh, that all yeah. that art is so well done. Okay, so, no, I'm just putting this together because I knew what Kiki's original art was and all this, and I just never put it together. We Now it's taken two full episodes about Kiki Jiki for me to realize why his original art had a dragon in the picture. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, like, that's not even Kaiga. <laughs> no, you're right. Oh, you're right. That's just some random dragon. What's yeah. going on? <laughs> That's just some random dragon. Uh, so what it is, I believe, uh, because I read the artist notes on it, because mm-hmm. there's also a Kiki sculpture that you can buy, uh, because I plan on getting one, so I know about it, uh, is that Kiki, uh, the artist was talking about how Kiki is reflecting like the magic of dragons, because <sighs> there's dragons, and they have magic inherently within Kamigawa. So okay. there's just... That's just part of it is that uh, Kiki is just doing his thing, and the reason why there's a dragon is because he's supposed to be taking his mirror magic and okay. reflecting Kaiga within his magic. Okay. So, Alex, sense. you want one more before we then leave? Oh, absolutely. The uh, Howard Leone art from Modern Horizons 2 for yeah. Imperial Recruiter uh, calling a creature with power two or less into the uh, to put into your hand is, yeah. is 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 basically very strongly implied to be kiki is who the imperial recruiter is going to grab yes yes because he's even having a similar pose as kiki and like yes. the art has like a same like flow yeah that's kiki. why i have that copy that's what i was just gonna say <laughs> yeah because like the art is like this fireball and you have this aki shadow silhouette in the background yeah yeah look at that that's really cool and now kiki has come full mirror circle and that's our show for today you can find the host on twitter hobbs q can be found at hobbs q and alex newman can be found at mel underscore Send any questions, comments, thoughts, hopes, and dreams to at GoblinLorePod on Twitter or email us at GoblinLorePodcast at gmail.com. If you want to support your friendly neighborhood gobsled, the cast can be found at patreon.com slash GoblinLorePod. Opening and closing music by Vindergotten, who can be found on Twitter at Vindergotten or online at Vindergotten.bandcamp.com. Logo art by Steven Raphael can be found on Twitter at Steve Raffle. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Tipsters of the Coast as part of their growing Vorthos content, as well as magic content of all kinds. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you all for listening, and remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers.